everyone, welcome to Noisy Narratives, um, the place where we like to cut through the noise of our lives and get to the heart of what really matters. And my name is Debbie, and I am here with Christy Williams and Katina Wilkins. And we are talking to Katina today, and Christy's going to introduce our guest. We're really excited to have her with us. This is her first time coming to join us today. So, Christy's going to introduce her and just kind of let Katina tell a bit of her story. Yes, which is what's fun having her here today. Katina is a certified life coach, which is a new certification. Um, Katina also works at Sunshine School. She does um, Bible and music videos for the little people over there. And um, she also comes to Bible study. Um, that's where really you and I, well, and we did moms and prayer together for school, yes. for our middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. And then we got in Bible study together. Mm-hmm. And then we've been friends ever since. So that's so super fun. fun. Um, okay, so Katina, tell us how you've got two girls, mm-hmm. married, two girls, COVID hits, and you are where in life? So I had been um, doing Bible and music for Sunshine School for many years. Many. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably 10 plus, maybe closer mm-hmm. to 15 years. And Sunshine School is the baby babies. The baby babies. Yeah. Preschool at the yes. church, yes. But it's Preschool like under three, church. it's like two, mm-hmm. two-year-olds. Yes. Yeah. And I used to teach the one-year-olds class for like six years, and then I went to the two-year-olds for a year, and then I went to Bible and music for the last six plus so years. We are doing our little mother stay <laughs> around doing, with the sweet, sweet little twos yes, and ones. Okay. I miss them so much. So then COVID hits, mm-hmm. right? And so now I'm not with the kids anymore and I have so much more time on my hands. So um, all summer I've been praying about, okay, Lord, what am I going to do with my time? How can I bless you and bless others? And in August, I really started journaling, and I started reading a book called The Best Yes by Lisa Turkhurst. Mm-hmm. And I would write out in my own words what I learned in the chapter and how it applied to my life specifically, and I would just pray. And in my heart, I felt like the Lord was saying, okay, just September. September is when there's going to be a big change in my life. So um, my oldest one's in college, so we took her back to college. Her second year? August. This is her second, second year, okay. yes. And then my youngest is 16 now, and she's in high school. So I don't have little kids mm-hmm. at home to run after. So I have a lot of time on my hands and trying to figure out what is my semester going to look like and what's going to happen. So um, I did Moms in Prayer. Usually they just send out, like, what is our um, attribute of God that we're going to pray about. And in the first couple weeks, our leader was sending out little podcasts about attributes of God. And so um, at the end of the month of August, I decided to click on one that was called God is the Creator, and it took me to a podcast. Mm. And the podcast was excellent, and it was about um, embracing the uncomfortable which is exactly where I was in life, right? And so I just was like, oh, this is really good. It was with a psychiatrist, and I have a psychology background, so I have an IO, psychology, industrial organizational psychology degree, a master's, and so I have a lot of background in that field, and I was like, oh, this is speaking to my heart. Like, their language, the stuff they're talking about is speaking to my heart. I feel like I'm supposed to go back into that direction, but I also know myself because I take people's problems personal. Like it's mm-hmm. hard for me not to 
get like you tell me your story and for me to keep your story and that's actually why I became a really good prayer warrior yes you're a really good prayer warrior that's where I'm like God has taught me that no I have that empathy that I can sit and listen to people but I have to give it to God I can't keep it for myself and I don't always feel like that there's an outlet for that in the psychology world so I kept that on my little um, tabs because I want to go back and listen to it again and then the Lord brought me back and I listened to it again at the very end the lady says if you're interested in helping people who are going through transitions like this you should sign up for a coaching class and Dang. I was like that's awesome. it and believe it or not it was September 1st oh wow. so that's cool. here I was like okay Lord you told me September mm-hmm. I would hear from you of what my next thing was and the next class was starting the very next week mm-hmm. so it was like boom 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 everything's lining mm-hmm. up um funny part is I went back to find that podcast again going through God is the creator clicking on it and it really did go to God is the creator like it mm-hmm. was such a God thing like he led me to the coaching class so I love that because even as you tell the story you can tell from the time that COVID hit till September 1 you dealt with a lot of angst in your own life and like where am I going because you're getting teary-eyed yeah just thinking about that sweet moment when you're like it's September 1 like you promised came through you were true in your word Lord and I'm very thankful for that and so you can tell just by your emotions that it's always sweet when you can think back on that yeah and so now you're a certified life coach. You went through all the classes, mm-hmm. um, and you've had clients. Yes. Okay. And you find it, and you enjoy it. I love it. I love it. I feel like the most alive when I am doing exactly what God wants me to do. But what if during that time you weren't patient? What would that look like now? Like if you were a little nervous or like, no, Lord, I can't wait till September. Like I need to get a job or I need to get something. We need to bring income in or I'm sitting around. How did you deal with those feelings of waiting, <laughs> of, waiting of waiting and um, nervousness a lot with the Lord? I do. Good. I do use the Lord. Now, I won't say it wasn't without tears. Like there are times and I'm sure a lot of the listeners have felt this way during this COVID time where you're just like, I just am crying and I don't even know why. Yeah. Like I don't know what my place is and I don't know why. And um, a lack of purpose is hard. Oh, it is it's so hard. hard. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of listeners are probably going through this too, where they're they've lost their job. Mm-hmm. A lot of people put their purpose in their jobs. That was a lot of me. I I loved working with kids, but I also knew there was something else. I knew a change was happening, but I didn't know when. So, um, my husband lost his job. Uh, when Madison was little and it was really I know it's really hard for men especially when they lose their jobs and that was a time that him looking back has always said I wish I took more advantage of my time at that time like instead of being so anxious about how am I going to find a job how am I going to find a job he had six months where he could have just enjoyed being a stay-at-home dad because that's when I went back to work mm. to while he was at home because she yeah. was a baby baby and Kate was like four and so um so I try to use that like to the best of my ability but yes I totally empathize with the people who are 
feeling the same way I did. And now looking back, I feel like the Lord was saying, I'm letting you feel these emotions because you're going to help people who are feeling that emotion right now. You know, when they Mm -hmm. come to me, they're going to be in that same stage of what is next? What is my purpose in life? Where does God want me to go? And so the more I pray about like what area of coaching that I really want to coach, it's really through these life transitions. And I mean, I remember feeling this way even when, I was transitioning from college to the workplace. You know, you're just like, oh, college. You felt like it was unstructured in some ways, but in a lot of ways it was like, this is the syllabus, and I know what I'm doing. I know when my tests are coming, blah, blah, blah. And then you go out into the real world, and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yes, <laughs> you know, so what, true. A, what, what time do I have to get up, and what job am I going to go get now? And, you know, and the same thing when you're working, and then you go to be a stay-at-home mom. You're just, you have that same, craziness. now what do I do, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what do I do with my time? And am I blessing the world? I've just got these kids, and I just feel like I can't even keep my household together. (laughs) I'm I'm having flashbacks of all of that. Like, when I decided to stay home, and my husband and I would argue all the time, and he finally was like, do you want to go back to work? Like, what is is the deal? I thought you want to stay home. And he was like, and it was a really good eye-opener for me to be like, oh, my gosh, I am. Like, I can't figure out. Do I want to go back to work or do I want to stay home? It is really hard because work was gives horrible. you a, a oh, yes. instant rewards. Like instant. You're, you're always told uh-huh. you're, you're doing a good job. You get a paycheck. You get a paycheck. People are telling you this. Yes. Oh, yeah. And now yes. you're just like, oh, yeah, my little kids are. If you get the hugs every once in a while. Most of the time you're just like. Yes. It's constant correction. It was so hard. And, yeah. and then when you stay so at hard. home for a while and then you go back to work. Then it's bad the other way, too. Yeah. Because you feel guilty because you're away from home more. Yeah. You're tired. You don't have much, like, I think life is full of, like you're saying, those transitions. Constant change, constant movement, and understanding how to adapt. Yes. It's just really big. I mean, it's a life skill. Yes. So... Let's play you the say fun that's... game. Let's play the fun game. The fun game. Let's play yes. the fun game. Okay. Let's go there. Let's play the part fun of that game. transition discussion that Katie yes. has. That yes. she has a she has a one of her favorite things to discuss with people. Well, I think for us, for it's women, it's the it's one of our favorite games. We like to play in our own head. Is the what ifs. So the, the game ifs. we're talking about for those of you listening is the what if game. Mm-hmm. There yes. we go. So explain that. Katie. Yes. Okay. So I will say. All of the people that I have actually sat down in um, life coached have always come across the what ifs. You get to, okay, let's talk about, you know, well, we can't do that because what if, mm-hmm. you know, what if this, what if that. So I have labeled this the what if game. And I, whenever people give me the what ifs, I'm like, I love this game. <laughs> let's, let's play. Let's play. Play the what if game. Because we get really stuck in our tracks when we say what if. And the what ifs are so real. And I feel like the what ifs are like Satan's game. Yes. He loves this loves game. It. It's like a stronghold. And so the only way we can overcome Satan's stronghold over this game mm-hmm. is to play it ourselves and play it through God's eyes. So yeah. when people say, what if... Um, what if I lose my job? What if I get COVID? What if someone dies? There's some really big what ifs out there. Like, 
really heavy what ifs out there and real ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we have seen this play out. We have watched it on TV. We have, you know, yes. we've seen these things. And when, so the what ifs of our life feels like it's reality. We're talking in real terms. We've, we've, we've named it. We've yes. seen it. We've replayed it a hundred million times. And now it's like, if I go down that path, it will happen. And you don't want to claim those what-ifs. Yeah. You want so to leave explain, them out there. So I have a question. This is so interesting to me. Yeah. So explain the difference between someone sitting down and saying, okay, I have big decisions to make. Because we're saying what-ifs can be paralyzing mm -hmm. in some ways. Mm -hmm. So then what is the difference between a person who sits down and says, okay, what-if, 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 to the point where it just drives their decisions in a way that maybe isn't healthy. Mm -hmm. And then someone sitting down. And playing things out in a way that demonstrates wisdom, like foresight. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between those two things? I think it's the worry. It's okay. The, it's the I'm caught up and I'm paralyzed. Like you said, it's paralyzing. Or is it productive? I think what ifs can be very productive in that it, will, it gives you a chance to walk down that road and say, okay, if that happened, here's, here's my safeguards, right? And that's productive. But I think a lot of people are in this what if world that says, I'm still at square one saying what if. I can't even move forward mm -hmm. to even put a safeguard except to say no. Or, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just not giving in at all. I'm not going to do that. And I'll give you an, a personal example of, of a what if game that Satan loves to play with me. And that is, okay, so I used to do the Good News Club. I, I introduced that to Bright Elementary, right? Mm -hmm. um, the Good, for those of you who don't know, Good News Club is a club that meets after school, and they teach about Jesus Christ on campus of elementary schools, and it is allowed. It's gone to the Supreme Court. It is a total mm -hmm. legitimate Because people club. get to choose if they participate. Yes. You, they, it's after parents school. have to exactly. sign a permission exactly. slip to say that they're allowed to be there. So when I was starting this ministry, the Lord like had put it on my heart, and I kept praying about it, praying someone else would take this up <laughs> because I didn't want that responsibility. But soon he made it very clear that it was our responsibility. And all these beautiful things that happened that you just knew this is, a, this is God's plan. But then here comes Satan. What if people find out that these kids are Christians and going to this after-school program and they get bullied. Mm, that's a good what if, too. That's a good what if, right? <laughs> that's a good huge, one, yeah. like huge uh -huh. what if. Mm -hmm. What if? Uh, what if, you know, these kids are persecuted because of something you introduced in their life? Like, oh my gosh, that is paralyzing. Mm -hmm. That is like, oh yeah, I don't want to bring harm to these kids. I'm trying to I'm trying to bring freedom to them. I'm trying to give them a chance in life and and afterlife and yeah, eternal you know, life. Eternal life. I, I'm like, this is not this is a big what if. And so by realizing that that came from Satan and that was his way to stop me, it it drew me to prayer. Like, yes. okay, you know what? You're right. Satan could very well get a group of people to pick on my little chicks, right? Mm -hmm. So now I know to get on my knees. That's right. And now I know to pray, a hedge of protection around these That's kids. Right. Who are you calling? What are you doing mm -hmm. about it? Could I, am I going to let it paralyze me and stop me from doing it? Or am I, I'm going to come up with the next mm -hmm. plan. You know, I just prayed and prayed, and it just gave me more things to pray 
about the program, about the kids, and that the Lord would use me in the right way. And, you know, I even had cancer during that time, right? Mm, That's when I had breast cancer. And I still, I would go from radiation straight to the Good News Club to teach. And I did not let him stop me. There were so many reasons. Like, people were telling me, oh, well, your immune system is down. You shouldn't be around kids, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, no, the Lord has bigger plans. I cannot mess with the Lord's plan. Saying no to God is way harder mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And it should be for all of us. It should right? be for all of us, yeah. So so that's an example of a real debilitating yes. what if that yep. is good that you can look at good ways. So that's why I love the what if game. Yes. Because then it's like, let's walk down that aisle. What if that happened? What happened? What would happen? Okay. And let's say ultimately your what-if game brought you to the point of someone dying or something that you feel is ultimate, then the question is, do you, who are you trusting in this? If you have put your safeguards in, you've done your prayer, you have... You trusted, have done, you mean you prayer, trusted. like trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, yes. not fearing death, not fearing, living in the yes. life, living in the truth. Living okay. in yes. what you believe that God is going to be faithful for his overall plan, because a lot of the what ifs is us not believing that God is going to do the right thing. The right thing that we think is right. Yes. <laughs> not God's right thing. God, so, really, God, so you're saying yes, sovereignty. Like the, the yes, God, sovereignty. sovereignty. God is in control of all things, made the earth, everything mm-hmm. in it. And so yes. let me, so then part of the what ifs then, it sounds like you're saying the difference with the wisdom piece, saying, hey, this is how you're wise with your what ifs. That means you're taking those and you're saying, okay, how am I prepared then if that does happen? It's not keeping me from making the right, a decision that I think I should make. Instead, it's helping me prepare. It's helping me know how to pray. Yes. It's helping me know, okay, so these are things in wisdom mm-hmm. you should do then, mm-hmm. just yeah. even physically, whether it's... Because it's like we do care about life. We care about babies and we care about elderly people and everybody in between. So we want to mm-hmm. care for those around so we don't want to be careless no. with with life right right so you're thinking through that well but you're saying it's not going to keep me from making a decision it's just going to help me prepare yes so then the what if becomes bad on the flip side if you're saying instead of helping me prepare now it keeps me from doing anything right it's like it's almost equivalent to worry Yes, right. like high anxiety. High You're like, anxiety. I carry this around with me. It's easier to avoid anxiety altogether. I'm just not going to participate in life. I'm just no, not. I've got friends like that. So do. Yes, yeah. very I much think so. There's a lot of people yes. in that boat right now a lot. with COVID. Uh-huh. It's debilitating for a lot of people. So what is your role as a life coach then if you're when you encounter that? You encounter someone who anxiety so is keeping them from life. The what if game for me is let's walk down that path. Which is let's what you're so good at. You personally and your personality, you're wired to walk down a path with a person yes. where I would be like, put on your big girl panties and let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but God is You're not like, I can, so fix, I can well. fix this in like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is great. I just think that's so <laughs> great because you are good at walking with people and being there with them and the empathy side. And so this is like the, the perfect time. thing for you. And God said, look, this is what you can do to help further my kingdom and help encourage men and women to not, you know, not be afraid, not be afraid. Yeah. yeah, that was one of the big things as I prayed um, about what God wanted me to do. And I actually have it on Octo- on August 29th. So this is the end of August, right? And I'm praying through, where do you want me? When he gave me my mission statement. And that was basically, 
that my mission is to get people out of the lies and into his truth. Mm. And so it was so neat to just turn that corner and just think that just a couple days later, he showed me life coaching Mm -hmm. as a way to get into that. And I will say, I think you know me from Bible study Mm -hmm. and such where Mm -hmm. I do speak truth. And and a lot of people will say, you know, they like being in Bible study with me because I can say real truths to them. But what I'll say that I love about life coaching is having that personal one-on-one time. People tell you things that they wouldn't yes. say in Bible study. Oh, absolutely. You get to hear, and everything's confidential. Yeah. So it's like almost like you're talking to a therapist, um, and I don't have a therapist um, degree, so if there's something that I feel they need to go to a therapist for deeper, for issue, deeper issues, issues yeah. then that I can definitely refer them to someone else. But as a life coach, I get to hear a lot of things of what is going on now. We don't go too much in the past because your past does influence, but we're not going to like clean out the closet in the past. You know? We're yeah, not, we're not pulling out cobwebs. We're just trying to figure out, okay, we're going to acknowledge that this happened in your past and it might be an obstacle going forward, but how can we go forward? Mm-hmm. How can we get over this hump? How can we meet your goals? And so every at the end of every coaching session, we have goals. And the client actually comes up with the goals, which is really neat. So you have to almost talk about the things, the goals somebody has control over and the things they don't. So what if you're making a goal that in the end that's actually not yours? You actually don't have control over whether or not your kids make straight A's when they go to UT. (laughs) You know, I mean. And and so some of that is me helping them say, do you have do you have that control? Is that something? Because our goals should be smarter goals, you know, so they're measurable, specific, exactly. relevant, personal, personal. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of those things. Mm-hmm. So um, in order to have a successful thing, and sometimes your homework, you'll say, I just need to sit with the Lord and think about this because you've given me now 45 minutes of stuff to really just chew on and all I can do is just chew on it right now but sometimes it's like no I need to go to the next level like I need to not let this be paralyzing and and some of the things that I've coached about even is like um, cooking like I just want to be a better mom I want to cook and I want to go to the grocery store. So I would like you to hold me accountable so that I can do this. And and they'll send me pictures of their food oh, for the week. Or so they're finding they're so, just not being productive and they're asking you to help them figure out why and move. Yeah. Is that not what a coach is? Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's just the definition. Of a coach. It's like, go, go, go. Yeah, you have a group of that's people true. that are not being productive in life. Like you're not, let's just say, winning games. Yeah. yeah. But they may, in their mind, might not be winning in life. As a coach, you literally you're not on the court, you're not engaged in it. You're on the sidelines going, "You can do this. Mm-hmm. You can do this." Okay, that didn't work. Let's figure out a better way. Yes, uh, you know, I love it when you get a good, smart athlete that's like, "I want to hit the ball, mm-hmm. and I want to get points." Well, great. There's a huge block in front of you. Two six foot two girls that put all their arms up, so there's four hands in front of you. How do you get around it? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna teach you a different way to do it with your hand motion, thumb, finger. Whatever. So you're going to give them the skills before they come across the actual Absolutely. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. That is an excellent way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And our obstacles, we have so many obstacles in life. And a lot of it is mental. uh, We are the biggest mental... Human and if you guys, you guys can't it. see Christy right now, but she's flipping <laughs> her hair and her head and her. Well, that's what loses games for girls. I coach girls. 
what am I, seven, 18th year, mm-hmm. and we are, the, we are our biggest opponent. Mm-hmm. We could have an opponent on the other side that's little tiny girls, and I could have all six-foot girls, but my girls would be like, oh, my gosh, they're so fast. I could do this. They've already mm-hmm. talked themselves out of the game. Because we compare. Because we compare. But it's the mental game is yeah. so important. Okay, so I have a, a quote that I love that was in my class that said this. Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. from Albert Einstein. It is. Yeah. Pre- yes. yes. That's one of my favorite quotes. And yeah. I just think of that like that's what life coaching and especially women because we compare. Ugh, We're yes. always looking at what we don't have. We are. Instead of what we do have. And we talk ourselves out of the game. Yeah. Before it even happens. Like we remove ourselves altogether. Yeah. Like, no, I can't do that. I, did, mm. da, 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 da. I had a bad week at practice. Mm. Or I did this. Or I burnt the food last time. I'm not going to bake that again. Yep. Or yeah. my kids did something. Like we've totally talked ourselves out of entering into a game. Versus we literally need a coach. We need a good friend that's like, you can do it again. I believe in you. Right. Just somebody that says, I believe in you. Right. And they have that. And you see so many girls, women's faces just be like, oh, really? Are you, you believe in me? Okay, I can do it. Yes, that's all we need. Yeah. Just a little love, yeah. a little pat on the high knee, say, get back in there. So do you see, when you're walking through then, ladies, do you see their confidence increase oh, over yes. time? Oh, yes. In what ways? Um, like, like, how do you? Um, oh, so many ways. Just their forward movement is amazing. What about body language? Body language. Tone. Big time. Yes. Yeah, they stand up straighter. Yeah. And then and we always start our coaching sessions with, how did it go since last time? Because I want to know what their obstacles yeah. were and, and if they were to do it. And when when things go well, mm-hmm. it's like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you know, yeah. they're, they're talking, talking and, and they're, they're like excited yeah. and they can't wait to tell me what's happened since the last Vivacious. time. And, yes. yeah. and then they'll be like, and then the obstacle. Or, that, and I'll say, well, what do you want to talk about this time? Because it really is all about what the other person wants to talk about. I can mm-hmm. have my own agenda yeah. and say, because I have, you know, my practice mm-hmm. coaching. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so last time we talked about this, so, and this was their homework, so next time I'm going to go to this next part, and we're going to move on. And then it's like, oh, no, we just took a left turn. Holy like, Spirit's that like, that's even, not where we're going. That wasn't yep. even on the list. Yep. Like, we didn't even talk about that last yes. time, but now it's important. Yeah. And that's the other thing I find is that people want to talk about what's right in front of them. Like, they, it's hard. They can lose sight of that long-term goal because they have these constant small crises, mm-hmm. which is okay because coaching you out of a crisis gives you life skills. Yeah. And basically, a lot of coaching and is And confidence life for the next one. Exactly. For sure. Yes. So I have found that, yeah, when they are, they have this, okay, we did well. It's like, now I can't wait to talk about this next subject because yeah. you helped me so much in this other thing. Let's talk tackle this. See, I'm listening to you, and I'm wondering why, like, counseling offices don't have life coaches that they actually employ, that have with them, because you sound like, this sounds like the practical application of digging through my stuff. Yeah. And now we're saying, I'm digging through my stuff over here and doing the work required for that to recognize things. I don't even And then... Now I need, what are the practical steps moving forward that's going to keep my forward momentum going? Yes. To me, like, what you're saying would be working really good partnership with 
I agree. With like a counseling practice or something. Like, do you ever work with counselors with an individual? Have you has that ever happened before? Or? Um, not in. You know, my practice is very new. Yeah, no, <laughs> so which is great. not with me yet. Yeah. But I would love to get in. With that makes a total sense to because me. I really do feel like this takes you the next level. Absolutely. We don't need to dig in the past. In fact, one of my clients outright said, "I have had therapy. I already know yes. the origin of yes. all of this stuff." But I just don't know what to do. Yeah. With it, like you've helped what? me dig it all up. Now I don't know what to do with the mess. You right, know, like right. yeah, now I'm totally. feeling like I have these obstacles, but I don't want to go back to counseling. Yeah. I don't want to to re-enter that world. I've gone in the past. I've dug it up. I saw all the skeletons. Yep. <laughs> they can now be what buried. Do I need to know? But but the residual is is coming up, and I just need help to overcome these yes. next few stages. And, that makes total good. sense and to me. And so, yeah, that's a lot of what it, to me, that is what it's about. Like, I think that's the way that I see my own practice and I see um, life coaching being extremely So if someone's valuable. even listening to this going, I want to, um, you know, I've gone through counseling, whatever. I need help just with those everyday, daily, practical steps. It would be calling a life coach. It'd yes. be like, hey, this this may be an avenue now, um, right. you know, for you to go to next. I kind of chuckle so, though because, or you could just say, I'm gonna go find a new counselor because some counselors like to get stuck because I've had in counselors and like my life yeah. growing up, and I'm like, I am forty something years old. I know what happened, and I know what I'm dealing with today. Yeah. Now help me deal with today's issues. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be like, I I gotta find another counselor. I yeah, and some counselor. and I will say, and some people uh, have to do that. Some people out. have to go back and still and look. But yeah. there's some people that have done that and need to. And I'm you're right. The I people think that are, have done it done, exactly. and they're ready to like to move right. forward. Counselors are like, oh, we need to go through this again. And I'm yeah. like, no, like help them move forward yeah. in life. Yeah. So that's where, yes. like, when I was saying, you know, with my my um, psychology background, yes. I actually had the, a place where I was in the crossroads of what do I want to do for graduate school? Do I want to go into Christian counseling mm-hmm. or do I want to go into industrial organizational psychology? And I had said in the beginning of the podcast yes. that the reason I didn't go into counseling is because I keep, I yes. keep, yeah. that, I harbored that. Yeah. Um, but now I feel like now I've, the Lord has taught me to pray through these things and how to still empathize and to give people this this gift of moving on. I feel like in coaching, I don't sit, I don't dwell Mm-mm. in their past and in yeah. their problems. And when it does come up in my head, I pray for them because I know how to pray. So yes. you've got now a prayer warrior behind you yeah. when you're telling me these things and I always ask my people can I pray with you and they always say yes mm-hmm. you know because there's nothing like having somebody else pray over you Absolutely. and not a lot of people have that experience mm-hmm. but even in the church yeah. I do feel like even in the church we'll ask for prayer requests and then our prayer request is privately prayed for mm-hmm. but to have somebody I, you know, I do this through Zoom, so I can't put my hands, you know, on their shoulders or. So right now whatever. you're doing it through Zoom because of I COVID. Am because of COVID. Issue, but then, so the idea, the ideal would be to do meet in person. Kind it of would be week, nice. Uh, you know, I'm gonna do whatever the Lord leads me. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are people around the nation who He is going to lead to me, so I will keep doing Zoom. Oh yeah, even after you know, I just feel like there's people out there. But if He um, once COVID is is if 
things are going well and most of my people are local, I would love to be able to just put my hands in their hands mm-hmm. and just pray over them pray and say their name out loud. You know, when you hear that, you just... It brings you chills, and you know I do that a lot at my church. I'll, I'm on the prayer team, mm-hmm. and I miss that. I miss that so much because people come up, and I just let me just hug you and cry with you, and then let's pray together and bring mm-hmm. it to the Lord. And yeah. some people don't even know how to pray, so yep. when they hear somebody else's prayer, they're very uplifted, and they're like. Wow. I mean, people I've prayed over have told me it's like getting a massage. It's that, like, refreshing. It's that refreshing. refreshing, That peace that comes, and you're just like, wow, I just didn't even know that was possible. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so true. Prayer is not something that people enjoy or like. Uh, Somebody here at the church, we were going to have a prayer meeting, and he was like, well, put that you're just going to have a meeting, because if it's a prayer meeting, nobody's going to show up. And I was like... (laughs) Makes me so sad. Like, there's no, they don't see the value. They don't see the. Well, and I think it's not like that. I do think some people are scared of it. They're nervous. It's mm-hmm. like public speaking sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's an element of the value part, like you're saying. But I think there is an element of corporate prayer still, still being very intimidating to a lot of people. But probably because we don't do it often. People nowadays have a very hard time just being still and talking to the Lord yeah. in general and corporately spending time doing that and just in the moment um, being still. That's what that requires when you do a corporate prayer. So maybe we need to challenge more, more pastors yeah. in the pulpit to, to speak on prayer and how it's just a conversation. Yeah. Like it's nothing formal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be. It is sad. It makes me sad. When he said that, I was very sad. I was like, oh, that's probably true. It is. Very true. Okay, so um, let's move past prayer. Sad to say. <laughs> Don't hold that against me, Lord. Um, but you brought a book in. I did. And it's a re- it, it says The Lies We Believe by Dr. Chris Thurman. Tell us a little bit about this book as much as you've... you Tell us why it's such a great book and then what have you enjoyed about it. And then I want to skip to the back side of it for a little bit too. Okay. So this was actually a course requirement to read for... So there's different types of coaching Um, And the coaching certification that I went through was definitely Christian-based. So it was very much into Christian coaching. This book is a Christian book. And Mm -hmm. so um, this was part of our required reading. And um, it is written by a therapist, a psychologist. And so he actually writes in first person his interactions with with clients, you know, with their names changed and whatever, about all these different lies that they go through. And so I have really loved, yes, I've loved it because he puts it in such practical language. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. practical. And and as you read it, it's so convicting. Mm-hmm. Like I, can, I, I see myself that. in so many of these lies. When the road of practicality and conviction meet, that's like the gold standard <laughs> to yeah. me. That is yeah. where those are the aha moments. Those yes. are where the aha moments happen. So tell us what you're looking at, Chris. So the very back of the book, it says secular and biblical truths for defeating the lies we believe. And we'll just self lies. I must be perfect. I must have everyone's love and approval. It is easier to avoid problems than to face them. I can't be happy unless things go my way. My unhappiness is somebody else's fault. That's a good one. That um, is a good one. No, no. My unhappiness is somebody else's fault. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, like, and he has secular truths to go along with the lie and theological truths. So let's say this is yours. Like, if someone's like, that's me. The secular truth is our feelings, whether pleasant or unpleasant, are caused by how we think. Since no one forces us to think the way we choose to think, we're responsible for the feelings that our thoughts create. Our unhappiness or happiness is our fault, quote, unquote. And the theological truth is a, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And he goes on to worldly lies. You have to have it all. Life should be fair. I hate that. No, where did that come from? Life should be easy. Uh, marital lies. All our marital problems are your fault. You can and should meet all of my emotional needs. Mm -hmm. You owe me for all I do for you. I mean, these are so good. Distortion lies. Um, personalization. Polarization. Overgeneralization. Emotional reasoning. And then religious lies. Good Christians don't feel angry, anxious, or depressed. God can't use me unless I'm spiritually strong. Oh, all that my is problem. my favorite. Which one? God can't, can't use me unless I'm spiritually strong. Oh, like that's Because yes. you just feel like that's a big lie that oh, you see yes. a lot of people live. Is that what or oh, you think yes. more it's personal? It's like a crutch, or? too, for yes. some people. Like, I can't do that because I don't. I can't I pray because I don't know how to pray. But you know how to talk. And we're talking. So you can pray. <laughs> yes, I do. I feel like people... Um, don't listen like they just feel like they can't be used maybe yes. um what, what's so beautiful about God because I think people get caught up with this even in spiritual gifts because that that goes along with the lie of that's not my spiritual gift so I can't do we were it. just talking we about were. this yesterday in a meeting <laughs> that is one of my biggest pet peeves of the church yes. is and I'm saying corporate church not our church I'm just mm -hmm. saying church in general you're exactly yeah. right is it's not my spiritual gift I'm like boo ha yeah. boo hickey <laughs> Whatever. That's not if what God, God meant. We took that one you. section and ran with it. I'm yes. like, that's not what that means. <laughs> yes. I think that with I your mean, spiritual gifts, you have yes. this tendency or this ability to do certain things, but it totally negates God when okay. you say that. Because God is always And you're supposed to teach other stretching. people how to be better in it. It doesn't mean you don't... Like, if I'm not good at mercy, that's what you are saying yesterday. I was like, if I'm not good at mercy, if that's not my spiritual gift, that means I go to people in the church who do have that spiritual gift, and they are to equip me. They are to, I'm to say to them, tell me, please, teach me, let me learn from you how to have more mercy, mm -hmm. empathy. It's the same for all of them because if it was like, yeah, like we tend to go where you can't do it if it's not your spiritual gift, then, I mean, Moses, I mean, out of the picture, right? right? I mean, how Jeremiah, many people, we're Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Right. I mean, Jonah, I mean, how many people yeah. would we say, poof, that wasn't their spiritual Joshua. gift, they're done, yeah, Joshua, yeah. everybody, yeah. I mean, Mary, Jesus, I mean, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus was a carpenter, and I'm a virgin, God. I cannot have a baby. I mean, yes. Oh, yeah, so we have, we have so many excuses yes. for God using us, and I, I love feel that like you brought that, that is, that is one that is, um, even when you're a baby Christian, people go, well, I don't know the Bible enough. Yes. I don't know. But you know when you first accept Christ, that enthusiasm that you have, fire. that fire mm -hmm. totally lights the rest of the congregation. It does. Because people who have walked for a long time mm -hmm. forget that fire sometimes mm -hmm. because it's just a way of life, mm -hmm. and we forget how special and important it is. But when you have this brand-new Christian who has been released of their sin and they they know what this freedom is like yes. and they know what Jesus has to offer. They light you up. They do and they ask the best and questions. They do and, and they like, oh. they dig in on things. That's one of my favorite things too is a new mm -hmm. Christian or someone that hasn't been churched. 
Mm-hmm. So they don't yes. know, like, oh, you're not yes, supposed to do this. I you can't do this. I'm like, oh, you're the yes. best. And everybody yes. else is like, I can't believe they just asked that question. You're right. I mean, it brings, it's the different facets that are a part of the body of Christ that we fear, we forget how much of a spiritual resource the body is. Um, and that's one, I mean, I think that's one of them. So what is your favorite is we're kind of, I mean, we're, we've been talking for a while, which is awesome. It's so fun. <laughs> but what is kind of your, if you were going to tell somebody like just a nugget from this conversation, you know, like this is my thing. I want to tell people if you're stuck, if you want to move forward, if you got to go, this is kind of something, this is a start. This is where I would tell you to start. What would you say? I think I loved our conversations about the what ifs. Mm-hmm. I would say, follow your what if path. And when you find out um, where it leads you, ask if that's really where God led you. And so really see where he, what he has for you. Because our what ifs, they can be a way of preparation and a way of prayer. But I think when you are stuck in it and you can't see past it, that's not from God. That's not from the Holy Spirit. Or maybe it is and he's trying to say, trust me. But I think all what if games end with trust me from God. I really think it does. I would agree with and you on that one. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you're stuck in a what if pattern that you can't get out of and it's causing you a lot of anxiety, take it to God and say, walk with me through this, Lord. What do mm-hmm. you have for Which this? he wants to. Yeah. So when you take it to him, it's not like he's going to be like, no, I want you to sit in those feelings and that yuck and that anxiety. No. The, the feelings and the emotions mm-hmm. when you're feeling the yuck and you take it to him, you instantly get a sense of peace when you lay it at God's feet. Yeah, right. And then you, you may not know to. where it's going, but you still know those feelings and emotions are gone. And then he starts sifting through that and revealing whatever that is. But it's the feelings and emotions that you're saying, like the worry that, from what I'm understanding you saying, is that they're not moving forward because of that. But when we lay it at God's feet, he's like, thank you. Thank yeah. you for giving it to me. I'm going to walk you through this with you now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a peace. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be led by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Like the Holy Spirit, um, we forget to call on him sometimes. And the Holy Spirit is so good about like, give it to me. I mean, it says in the Bible, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, what more can God give to you, right? You, and he has that beautiful verse about, you know, if you're, you ask your dad for an egg he gives you a snake instead i can't remember that whole verse but anyways but it else it ends with if you ask him for the holy spirit what more would god give Mm -hmm. you and he will and so if you have not experienced the holy spirit and the work of the holy spirit in your life that is the first place to start i think the holy spirit is a very big part that we forget he's the one who will teach us how to pray he's the one who teaches us other gifts and brings us so you're, you're talking about kind of Paul saying, hey, I've learned how to be content in all things. I've learned how to be content in what in with a lot and a content in jail, with nothing. Right? Even, content in jail. Even if you're in jail, yeah. even if you feel like your home is your own prison because you can't go out because it's COVID. Correct. Right. Right? What so you're talking you about do? peace. Not that yeah. my circumstances will necessarily change immediately, but there is peace to be had. A lot I feel like though we need to just take a step back because you did a good job talking about the Holy Spirit, and I love that. But recognizing where the Holy Spirit comes from. I don't know if we've ever really even talked about, which we probably should. That is a podcast. whole other podcast. I know. But we need <laughs> to Every give, podcast we come up with we another podcast. We need to give a little verb, a little blurb about the Trinity, about God being the Father and Jesus being the Son. 
And then Jesus going back to heaven and God saying, or Jesus saying, I'm going to give you my spirit. Mm-hmm. The, so the Holy Spirit being God's God saying, this spirit is my son that I'm well in to. us. <laughs> and so I think that's just important for as you're talking to some of these people and they're listening and they're like, that's great. Holy Spirit. What? Yeah. Holy what? And I think people just need to realize, the ones that don't already, yeah, that it's God's good. Spirit that dwells in you. A little star in there, an asterisk saying, hey, this is what we mean when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. This is what that is. Yeah. Right. Yes, he does. He's a person. Right. He mm-hmm. is. And he is so intimate. Like so that to intimate. me is the intimacy of God. So I grew up so. with knowing the Holy Spirit doesn't always dwell in your heart, but dwells in your gut. <laughs> because, you know, when you have those feelings, you're like, oh, my stomach hurts. I should probably say something. I should probably do something. It just like resides in your stomach. And our family, that's where the Holy Spirit resides a lot. And our, yeah. and our gut helps us make good decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So you better listen to it. Because if, do. do. yeah. do. if you I don't, I regret don't. it the rest oh, of the day. Yes. And I feel like I have failed the Lord. And I'm like, oh, yes. Lord, I'm so sorry I failed you. Yeah. yeah. There's some truth to that. Mm, for sure. Katina, this was fabulous. It was. Thank you for I'm happy for you, too, finding a new place and ministering to people. Yes. With the gifts that God's given you. And, and growing those it. gifts. I love it. I just I love, love talking, especially to women. Yes. I feel like I I can identify with a lot of what they say. So Well, and we'll put your information for those of you listening. We'll put Katina's information kind of on the blog um, and in the, the little book. section. And we'll put the oh, book there so, so you can see it. Um, so that if you want information on how to contact Katina or the book that she was talking about, we'll make sure that's in the little blurb right there where you clicked on the blog. Um, and stuff. And for those of you that don't know Katina, us, anyone sitting with her will get this very calm and peaceful and just sweet demeanor <laughs> that um, that comes from her that is just a joy to be around. So we appreciate you being here very much. So Thank we've enjoyed you. it. But until next time, everybody, hopefully we'll have Katina back and we'll just have a more like, you know, settled subject even to talk about too now that we've introduced you. Um, But until next time, everybody, that's Noisy Narratives, and we're out. Bye.